You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 96, Coaching Live to Free Peer Educators. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, this is going to be a fun episode because we have today a great friend of ours and a real partner for the Global Center for Women and Justice, and that is Ruthie Hoffman Hanschen. Uh, Ruthie has been a leader in the field of human rights for over 10 years, focusing on child rights, human trafficking, and gender equality. And she's previously worked for World Vision International, and she regularly represented the organization to global political leaders, the UN Human Rights Council, which we've talked about the UN recently on the show, Sandy, uh, the UN Committee on the Rights of the Child, UN Girls Education Initiative, and the NGO Advisory Council on Violence Against Children. Most recently, she helped manage interagency research on rights of children to self-organize and the corresponding development of materials for children's groups. One of her favorite responsibilities was enabling children and youth around the globe to speak out for justice, which is all about what we do, Sandy. That's right. And uh, Ruthie is currently coaching Vanguard University's Live to Free Club, which is one of the reasons we have her here today, and is helping students, student teams speak out on human trafficking at middle schools and high schools throughout here in Orange County. And uh, and one of my favorite things, of course, Sandy, is she also serves with us on the board for the Vanguard University Global Center for Women and Justice, which sponsors our show. So, uh, Ruthie, we're so glad to have you with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Well, I met Ruthie many, many years ago, and we always talked because we shared so many of the common concerns, especially about prevention and creating options and empowerment for kids, that we kept thinking there's going to be a way we get to partner someday. And that day came, and I'm so excited and just would publicly like to tell you, Ruthie, how much it means to you that you serve on our board. Um, It was a big win the day you joined our board. So let's dig into some of the things that you're doing right now, especially coaching Live to Free, because, you know, last week they presented at the Department of Education, they trained teachers at Long Beach Unified School District on Saturday. They are just movers and shakers, and you are the one who has been coaching them. Tell me what that means and why you do it. Okay, well, you're right. I think many of the podcast listeners know about Live to Free. It's a a student campus club at Vanguard University, and the goal is to challenge a generation to make personal choices to end the demand for slavery. And Lister Free's been around for a while, but in the last two years, I've come on as their coach. And my hope in partnering with them is that we can really raise awareness both on campus at Vanguard University with the students, but especially through reaching out to junior hires and high schoolers throughout Orange County. And, um, you know, our goal is to reach those youth that are especially vulnerable, 
We want to equip them with information to understand the risks of human trafficking. And in a way, we're beginning to do prevention with those young people. Um, I think there's also the possibility that we are raising up new abolitionists, too. And that's an exciting piece of it. And that we're getting young people involved in finding out how they can use their voice and their even their pocketbooks to um, end the demand for slavery, but also be advocates and voices to end human trafficking. Um, so my role as a coach over the last two years, I see it as really supporting the student leaders. I, this is their club. And my role is to come alongside them and help really raise the standards of their professionalism, um, the organization that they do with the club, but also ensure that the content is really there. Because I take that opportunity that we have really seriously when we are invited into the schools, um, to junior highs and high schools around Orange County. This is a huge opportunity for us. And it's a chance to possibly make a, a life-saving difference. So I work with the students to make sure that what we're presenting is the best quality we can, but is also really um, fun and exciting and engaging to young people so that they want to listen, they give their full attention, and they're a big and they enjoy the presentation that we do. Well, and what that? Oh, go ahead. Well, I just I kind of want to expand a little bit on that enjoyment, mm-hmm. and because I really see a big difference in the response of um, students. When our Vanguard students walk in the room, there's a different energy and the students mm-hmm. relate to them differently. Uh, mm-hmm. How how do you explain that? Because I'm a good teacher, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I think there's something really powerful about peer-to-peer mentoring and teaching. Um, I think when young people walk into a classroom situation, there's an expectation and an energy that's different than a grown-up. <laughs> um, and, and it's probably less um, intimidating for the young students. And there's sort of this element of, I'm just a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and I'm going to teach you something. And I, I, I think that that um, really grasps the attention of this high school student and really is a powerful way to speak to them. Because I think sometimes they just check out when they see another adult talking about another problem that they need to be careful about. Um, but one of the tactics that we use when we speak to junior hires and high schoolers, is we talk about protecting their friends and looking at their friends and the risk that they might be facing. Because teenagers don't like to be told, you're at risk, you have this problem, you need to be careful. But if you try to, try to bring them alongside and say, hey, maybe it's not your problem, but maybe a friend of yours might be at risk, or maybe you could look out for a friend who may have these issues going on in their lives, it's a really great way to engage young people in a non-threatening way that I think um, helps them come alongside of us and look at how they can be a part of the solution to this issue. Well, you brought the Live to Free team to the Orange County Department of Education conference with about 200 adults from Mm -hmm. school-based professionals last week. And the energy in the room immediately doubled. And the responsiveness um, to their role-playing and their engagement was absolutely astounding. It was so encouraging. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we, we have fun with it, too, and we definitely do try to make it interactive and even apply some of the skills and the issues that the kids are learning right there in that time that we're with them so that they can practice those skills and be prepared for when these real-life situations and hard conversations come up. Ruthie, we mentioned up front in your bio, you spent 10 years working for an international development and advocacy organization 
How did that and other experiences prepare you for what you're doing now and what did it teach you during that time? Yeah, I, I think so many ways and that's why I'm really grateful for this role now because I think it brings together so many of my experiences um, that it's just fun to see them channeled into young people in a way that I think is, is it being used. Um, but in my experience with World Vision over the last 10 years, I worked in our gender and development department for my beginning time there. And it really taught me just the importance of understanding the role of gender in the issues of human trafficking and just how gender inequality and the expectations and roles and limitations of girls especially makes them so vulnerable around the world, but even here in the United States. And then on the flip side of that, how um, it can also mean that boys and men are taught to exploit and to use women in a way mm. that absolutely is exploited and, and leads to human trafficking and sex trafficking. So that, that issue has taught me a lot about the ways that we look at vulnerability, but also prevention and the importance of keeping girls, especially in the high school years, the secondary level in school. And then a lot of my work at World Vision was around issues of child protection and children's rights. And, you know, it was an amazing experience to work with children around the world. And a lot of what I would do was, uh, was research with them and finding out what were the issues they were facing, um, what were the challenges in their community, and then what were their ideas and solutions of how to make it better. And I learned so much about um, these challenging issues of sexual exploitation and abuse and poverty and lack of education from children themselves. Um, I just always remember many times being blown away with the way that they would just get to the heart of the issues. They were so insightful and they knew what could make a difference. And a lot of times what they wanted was to, for adults to listen to them and respond to their issues and get involved and help them in that process. So um, for me, part of working with Live to Free is this opportunity to listen to the young people when we're reaching out to schools and high schools and junior highs, finding out what are the issues they're facing? Do they already know about trafficking? Is it happening in their school? And what do they think could make a difference? What are the issues? What are the ways that we can be better protecting them and preparing them to resist some of these issues that are facing them on a day-to-day -day basis? And then I think that when we engage young people in this process, there's just so much power in youth as advocates and as abolitionists. And that happens both with the college students at Vanguard, but also when we get these high schoolers really excited about this idea of ending trafficking. Um, I, you know, I have lots of opportunities to bring young people to situations of international events and intergovernmental meetings at the UN and other places. And there, it was incredible to see government leaders, big decision makers from around the world, stop and listen to young people as they shared their stories about the challenges of their communities and what they were doing about it. Um, there, if, if you're going to advocate for an issue, you want an informed and empowered and enthusiastic child on your side because it's amazing what they're able to accomplish. And um, my experience of working with children all around the world just has really proven to me the importance of engaging young people in addressing the issues, the challenges they face, and then um, working with them as partners in the work of advocacy and ending these issues that affect them. So when you're talking about youth engagement, and, and I heard you mm -hmm. earlier say you want to see us create um, a, a whole team of abolitionists, 
And so mm-hmm. when Live to Free goes to a school and they and they do their presentation, then what, what happens when they ignite that spark there? Well, it's a good question. It's something I think we can do probably a better job of thinking through. We do leave materials and we encourage the schools, the students there to stay in touch with us through our online social media. You know, we have liftofree.org and we have our uh, Facebook page. But I think that there is a chance when, when, when there are students that are engaged, I think there's an opportunity to create even Lift to Free clubs on campus. Um, and we've seen some of that happen, especially when there's an existing club that maybe at a high school where there might be an on-campus justice club or even a, a Bible club or a Christian club on campus that already meets regularly. And Lift to Free can um, provide some resources and, and maybe even some mentoring to help those students continue the work that, um, that Lift to Free has maybe started through those conversations. I think there's an important role as teachers or mentors on campus to help those students in that process. But I do think that um, it's something I'd love to see maybe in the future with the three students from Vanguard mentoring and supporting um, high school groups as they consider, you know, taking on this challenge and making it something a more regular activity on campus for them. Well, one of the ways that Live to Free actually started going out into the community in the early days out of out of Vanguard University was this uh, very, very um, passionate and eager desire to do something to end human trafficking, mm-hmm. to take some action. And there were some groups that were going around, frankly, and teaching them how to go do their own undercover investigations, mm-hmm. which is not mm-hmm. safe. So mm-hmm. the Live to Free, <laughs> for high schoolers. yeah, for high schoolers or college students. Yeah. And so, so the idea of having a meaningful and significant role in educating um, high school and middle school students is empowering mm-hmm. for the university mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. So how do you feel about um, because I know that I've when I've watched their presentation, they do talk about the global trafficking issues, child slaves on cocoa plantations, child soldiers. But when when they begin to focus on what's happening in our own backyard with commercially sexually exploited youth, um, how do they make that transition? How do they keep um, high school and middle school students on track? Well, I mean, I think that they make that transition and students follow it because it's, it's relevant to them. I mean, it is about their own community. In our presentation, we usually talk about, human, as you mentioned, human trafficking happening around the globe. And then we, we use the story of Shima Hall to talk about how it happens here in the United States. But then we transition to this issue of domestic trafficking and how even in our communities in Orange County, students are at risk. Um, we use some real-life examples and some real stories of how that ac- actually happens, you know, um, examples of girls running away from a group home and then being picked up by a pimp shortly after that. We talk about ideas of, you know, an older boyfriend and how he lures a young girl to come away with him for the weekend. And, and these are real-life examples that have happened in Orange County, and there are things that our youth are at risk for. So I, I don't think it's a big leap for them to have those conversations because it, it, it probably sounds familiar. It probably sounds like something that they've maybe even encountered um, or a friend of theirs has. 
And so I think we try to bring it close to home so they can understand that there are real risks to them. And I really believe um, it's important that we equip young people with the information to keep themselves safe. They can make good choices that can help bring protection, which does not mean that we take, put all the burden on them. Adults are ultimately still responsible to protect them and keep them safe. But young people have a lot of agency and a lot of choice. And it doesn't mean that, um, you know, there are a lot of re- risks and vulnerabilities that put, especially when I'm thinking specifically about young girls at risk of sexual exploitation. There are a lot of vulnerability factors from an abusive home to poverty to racism and gang presence in the community. But when she's empowered with information to know and to think twice about, hey, maybe that older boyfriend who's offering something, maybe that's a little too good to be true. Or when she hears about an, you know, an opportunity to take this job someplace, she, that information can help protect her and can help save her. So I think we, we really, we would do a disservice if we didn't um, give that, our children, our youth, that information so that they can be informed and make good choices and help protect themselves and their peers. And their peers, that's the magic word, because you have the kids who don't have any of those risk factors. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Their families are very stable, and poverty is not an issue, and they live in a pretty safe uh, part of town, no gangs. Mm-hmm. Um, but those kids become part of the solution by helping Absolutely. create a safer community, and they're watching out for their peers. So, And, and by making good choices about where they you know, spend their money and the ways that they um, look at the products they buy. And even we talk about, it's important that you never buy commercial sex. You know, we just, just straight up talk about it because we want people to know that when you, when boys, especially boys, because they're going to be their biggest risk, when you purchase sex from a person, that person may be a slave. That person has issues in their life that have brought them to this place where it's not a free choice that they're making. Um, out of good opportunities, and we don't want them to participate in that exploitation. Wow, that's really cutting-edge demand reduction. We start talking about (laughs) that in high school. And and there have been adults um, who, who feel like, well, this this theme is too mature for their students. Mm -hmm. And I have students tell me that their parents don't know how much they really Mm -hmm. know. And so they're not going to talk to an adult the way they're going to talk to um, more of a peer educator. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a balance. I mean, we do need to balance parents' concerns with these issues. But like you said, Sandy, I think that when we go and we ask kids, hey, what's going on here? Do you know about these issues? We would be shocked to find out all that they know and all that's going on and the issues that they're facing and the decisions they they have to make. Um, I remember very specifically, I did some research with children around the globe on the issue of sexual exploitation. Now, this was not in the U.S., but in nine different countries around the, around the world. And one of the things, the issues that emerged from the kids around the globe was this desire for their parents, their adults, to talk to them about these tough issues and to guide them. They said, you know, we know we shouldn't buy sex or we know we shouldn't be lured by the pimps, but our parents never tell us about it. We don't know when those decisions have to be made, what's the right choice here. And and to me, it broke my heart because they wanted their parents' guidance. They wanted that input. But I think parents are scared of the issues. They're scared to have that conversation. It's awkward. 
and kids just learn from one another rather than the adults that have that wisdom and, and desire to help them stay away from these issues. That kind of leads into um, one more question because you're the mother of two daughters and they're very young mm-hmm. and we, we, you found a way to continue your advocacy to be an abolitionist and still stay home and, and raise your little girls. So um, how does this all fit in your life being a, a young mom with two little girls? Yeah, well, I'm figuring it out and <laughs> not always perfect, but as you said, you know, I spent more than 10 years um, studying these issues, working on them. It's, it's my life's calling and my passion and my, my joy to do this kind of work. Um, but I, I mean, I, I feel fortunate I was able to take time out from my main career to, to spend more time raising my children, but there's still all this in me that wants to be put to use, you know, my brain, my time, my talents, my experiences. I want to use them to do some good in the world. So this has been a great opportunity for me because I feel like it's a, it's a relatively small time commitment, but it's meaningful. And so I get to invest in both the college students who are amazing young people who are right at the edge of, you know, adulthood and their careers and thinking about what comes next for them. And I get to pour into them and pass on some of my experience and my professionalism to them. But then it also reaches out to these college students, I mean, these high school and junior high students. And, you know, I am a resident of Orange County. I want my community to be safe for all kids. Um, I want my girls to grow up in a community where they don't have to worry about sexual exploitation and where commercial sex is not commonly sold. I wish that was the case for them. Um, But, you know, I need to do my part to work towards that. And I want to do my part to, you know, help um, protect and influence the kids that are experiencing that right now. So for me, it's just a joy to be able to to use what I what I've been given and what I've done the last ten years, and and in a way that I feel is is uh, making a difference and meaningful. My personal response to that is to challenge every um, person listening who thinks well, I don't have enough time to stop and do anti-trafficking work, that there is something you can do to use your mm-hmm. expertise that is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing I do, a small thing, is um, mentor a survivor of human trafficking. And, again, at first I was nervous that I wouldn't be able to give enough time and I didn't want to let her down. But, she just needs a friend. She needs someone to spend some time with and it. And that's something I can do. So I think that no matter what, there's something we all can do. And um, the sweet spot is finding where you have your, your experiences, your talents, your skills, and your passion and finding ways to make that work for others. So if someone here in Orange County um, or our surrounding area wanted to have um, a Live to Free presentation, what would they do? The easiest way to have Live to Free come to a school or youth group is to email us at L2, the number two, F, live to free at vanguard.edu. It's LTF at vanguard.edu. You can also visit our website, live to the number two, free.org, live to free.org. Um, and either way that will reach the students and myself to make sure that we can connect and find a, 
state to come and visit a school. Um, it has to be during the school year, because that's when we have students available, but we are happy to come to any youth group, whether it's in a school or some kind of after-school function um, throughout the Orange County area to share this important message. And don't worry if you miss that contact information because Alexis always does a great job of putting all the contact information of all of our our guests on the show notes. So check that out if you're listening on the road like mm-hmm. I often do listening to shows. And uh, and and I just really would encourage those listening, especially if you are in the Southern California area, to reach out. But even if you aren't and you're looking for ways that you could bring some of the work that Ruthie and the students are doing to your a uh, group of young people that, you know, it's a wonderful reach out point to, to begin with finding out how you can partner, like we talk about all the time on this show, Sandy, right? And and Live to Free has developed some like club kits that have some ideas and they share their presentation and they're very happy to to work with other groups that want to do something similar in their area because we want to empower people to make a difference right where they are. And speaking of that, Sandy, and I'm I'm always just impressed so much by all the people that are on our board and the talents and the gifts that they bring, and also how you, as a leader of the center, always are able to incorporate those gifts and those diverse talents and resources that people bring into such a diverse and unique and wonderful board. And I think Ruthie's just a wonderful example of of uh, someone who's just brought some amazing gifts to the work that Vanguard and the Global Center for Women and Justice do. And, and Ruthie has thrived on the constant transition. This is her second year coaching, and there was not even a hiccup when the team from last year, some of them graduated. And that's always the challenge when you're working in school situations is you get mm-hmm. people trained and then they leave, which that's what you want, right? You want them mm-hmm. to graduate. Send them out into the world and they continue what they've learned. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of my goals as a coach is to really equip them with uh, professional skills that transfer into the workplace, but also expose them to all the ways that they can use their skills and talent to make a difference for human trafficking, no matter what field and career they go into, um, which is why I love bringing in um, guest speakers to our group if any of your listeners want to come share about what they're doing in a diversity of ways that affect human trafficking. We always like guest speakers at the club too. So email live to free um, L2F at vanguard.edu. Go to their website or just email gcwj at vanguard.edu. If you have a question, you want to contact us, you want to get more information. Let us know. Call Alexis at 714-966-6360. And as always, a wonderful way to share the show is is two things. One is to let someone know who uh, would benefit from this information about the show, this episode, and the show as a whole. And if you've been listening for a while and feel like you could leave a rating or review for the show on iTunes or Stitcher, that really helps this show to be found by those who are out on the internet seeking information on how to end human trafficking so we can continue to grow our team of people, Sandy, that are working to end this issue. And, well, uh, I, Ruthie, I just so enjoyed talking to you and thank you for being willing to do this. And we are grateful that you're part of the Global Center for Women and Justice. Thank you. I'm Thanks. Glad to serve. Thanks, Ruthie.